everyone hello hello Ooh, that was a good one uh welcome once more as we travel into the imagination sphere <laughs> here aboard the reckless attack express which is not just a fictional imagination train but also a fifth edition dungeons and dragons actual play podcast um and i am your dungeon master nathan and that's how i start every episode <laughs> I was gonna say welcome to Destination Imagination, but I don't know if we have to like take the episode down. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. 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 <laughs> we get a just a very seriously worded email yeah. from Welcome aboard they who will not be the named Train of Thought. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh I am joined as always by the exceptional players here on Reckless Attack, starting of course with Hi everyone. It's me. I'm David. <laughs> <laughs> and I play Cascon Brightmane, the Dwarven Warlock. And boy. Tree City continues to be wild and cool, but I think Casquin has found a familiar face. Maybe mm-hmm. slash friend slash cool tattooed person. <laughs> I don't know. I'm making it up as we go. Everyone, <laughs> everyone needs a friend yeah. with a shitload of tattoos, yeah. and Casquin yeah. maybe yeah. found his. <laughs> and across the table from me, hi, I'm Sophie, and I play Valeska Carter, the human asterisk cleric of the Arcana Domain, and. Al just wants to hear a ton of stories and swap stories. She's got a lot of journals full of stories, but oh boy, is she tired because it's like 10 o'clock at night and she's ready for it's bed. It's been a big day, I would say, after uh, several other big days yeah. in a row. <laughs> <laughs> and the, you know, you can feel your your bed senses mm-hmm. tell you They're just, just up there yeah. is a bed just for me. <laughs> Kaskrin's bed senses started tingling like, Way before we started entering the his city. bed yeah. senses started tingling when we got to the foot of the tree, and I, he was like, "I'm getting fucking yeah, up I'm there. Up there. <laughs> I don't care if I have to climb this thing. Yeah. <laughs> I am sleeping in a bed, and that's why we love Casgrin. <laughs> <laughs> he makes bed-related things happen. <laughs> what more can you ask for for a character? <laughs> and to my love. I know what I said. I didn't, but I stand by it. <laughs> Hi, I'm Jonathan, and I play Checkers, the Grung Druid, and it's Trusty Frog Pals, Mango, and Junior. And I don't know why, but I'm just imagining Kaskrin as like that old folk tale of the person like pickaxe. John Henry? Yeah, John Henry, like going through a mountain, but to get to a bed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know, you tell the right story to right. this uh to this member of the tailspun order. Like, I'm so tired of sleeping on the ground. I'm gonna get through this mountain, it's the last thing I do. Yeah, I that's that's exactly what happened in my mind. So <laughs> Well, new checker sketch. Yeah. And across the table from me. Hello, everyone. My name is Steve, and I am playing Self Esterlin, the Dragonborn Monk, um, and uh, just e- excited to be, I guess, in a still in a tree fort. A little bummed that it's cursed. Yeah. Um, <laughs> excited to also meet some new friends, and then again, a little bit bummed to find out they're cursed. Um, so you know, wow, with, uh, terrible. Yeah, it's uh. So we'll 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 see what happens. Maybe the the good will outweigh the bad, and. And uh, well, I, guess, I guess we'll see what happens at the council. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, as far as you guys know, you have to be here for a while for the curse to kick in. So right now, no curses, essentially. 
I think probably well, well, for for us. Well, right, but <laughs> not yet. But checkers is <laughs> here's hoping. <laughs> yeah, here's hoping. Not for like a try it on checkers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cut to checkers in the darkness of night, wandering the streets, just yelling. Here, curse, 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 curse. <laughs> oh, that's See, I'm imagining him breaking into Warren's room and just like body slamming him to get as much contact yeah. as possible. <laughs> oh, see, I, I had a, <laughs> a completely different image of many months from now, checkers who had stayed behind at the tree specifically <laughs> to be cursed. Yeah, and then decided the way around the whole thing was to go collect the fruit that changes him colors. Oh yeah. <laughs> so he's he's pale, but he's different colors of pale. Mm. So it's just it's some weird thing. He's trying to he's trying to get it's around a curse the, off as well. Yeah, we he's trying to get around the curse by eating the fruit that makes him venomous. Well or no po- poison poisonous. Makes you poisonous. There's only one way to find out. And that's to play the game of Dungeons and Dragons. This is true. We find ourselves in the city of Deepwood, which is a large city nestled inside of a gigantic tree that is a waypoint on your journey. You have learned some interesting information from Juniper the Ravenmount, one of the city guards slash scouts. Basically, he told you, that the city is cursed, as we have alluded to. Uh, there was an ultra giant attack many, many years ago, and the ruling council of elders and or a kind of mysterious druid grove attached to the forest casted some sort of magic to protect the city at all costs and turn the large creature away. You saw remnants of its attack still to this day uh, in its kind of singed marks on the side of the tree. But... Juniper hopes that you guys will at least be able to convince the Council of Elders that, hey, you should remain a beacon of hope and welcoming and connection. You guys have finally found your way into a tavern, unmarked, but being currently uh, inhabited by a tavern keeper, certainly, but also a tatted up bard, part of the tailspun order named Warren Walgrove, as well as Amber Thunderwalker clearly some sort of elven traveler uh, who is an older, older woman, as well as Warren's page understudy apprentice, unclear, uh, a dwarf whose name you have not, uh, have not gotten yet. You all have been welcomed into the tavern. I'm imagining the fortunate, uh, the undead centurion who's with you just goes off into the corner a little bit after the introductions, probably maybe even before the introductions. So as not to uh, call over attention to themselves and uh, it's just kind of posting up in the corner by themselves, not eating or drinking anything for... <laughs> just like goes to join the decor. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. just hides behind yeah. like a sheet or yeah. something. And you guys have been invited to join at the table of, uh, of the other people who you would also know also have audiences with the Council of Elders tomorrow, as do you guys. I guess I'll ask, after days of being outside of civilization, of jerky and uh and trail mix and uh, and also a heap of murder how do you guys take a load off or what does it look like or can you just describe your character finally being inside of a house that is not trying to actively eat you self for the first <laughs> time in a week plus i feel like val would want a bath but we have company so <laughs> She's made like a little 
to-do list in her mind of like, here's what I'm going to do before I go to bed. But for now, she will just go up to the bartender and be like, please tell me all of the foods you have that do not contain granola. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want raisins. I don't want almonds. I don't, none of that. If you could make a trail mix out of it, it should be nowhere near my place. Yeah. Nothing crunchy, please. Yeah. <laughs> yes. You don't mind. Exactly. And like something warm and hot. And oh. like she's just she's just like going and But not and oatmeal. Like, don't give me oats. <laughs> so she she is just like grilling in this poor barkeep of like, I need to know every possible combination of food you could give me, and I'm just gonna say no to a lot of them until we find the right one. Uh Eventually, we'll say that you you. <laughs> I know it's a relatively please, limited option. Please, barkeep, if you have a menu, I will consult that. But uh, he he doesn't. He just <laughs> lists lists some things off to you. But uh, it's actually kind of a, a surprisingly, I'll say, diverse menu to an extent. In that, all of them seem to have a lot of different, relatively fresh sounding ingredients. There's vegetables. There's berries, and a lot of them have some form of of meat. Usually, a lot of like you know like venison or mm-hmm. something like that. So uh, perhaps perhaps he could interest you in a in a stew or something that is nice, filling, warm, uh, lots of vegetables. Yeah, that sounds good. With a hearty ale as well. I'm trying to figure out how bad does Kaskrin smell? <laughs> right? Like, yeah. we have been traveling for weeks. So Val's yeah. just like, I, everyone seems to be sitting down and talking, I guess. A bath will wait. Because, like, he he wants to take the armor off, but, like, the gambeson has not been washed in some time, mm-hmm. so Kaskrin is ripe. <laughs> but it's like... If, if you I, start peeling those layers now... Yeah, no, now is not the time. So he's, like, he's gonna, he's gonna have to keep it on for a while. Well, and if you guys would, like... If you guys are, like, hey, the way that I would like to unwind... Is I would like to take a bath. <laughs> that's reasonable. Like I think that's uh, that's fair, and it, it would not be a rude thing. They're just like ah, there's just so mm. much enthusiasm, basically, that they're like, come on. FOMO is hard yeah, fair. happening <laughs> in Val. She will not. Very fair, but there could be some combination therein. Again, unless you were like, I'm taking a six hour bath, and so you will not see me for the rest of the night. I would say otherwise, you are easily able to go up wash up, relax, do whatever you need to, and then join for appropriate scenes there shortly thereafter. I, for some reason, can only think that Mango has been carrying checkers and, like, the big water barrel and all these supplies for about a week plus at this point. Yes. So when he finally gets all of that stuff off, he's just exceptionally flat <laughs> and just, like, laying on the ground next to Kaskrin, just barely moving. He's like this six-inch disc that just, like, lays across the entire floor of the tavern. Just like, ah, yes. I'm so <laughs> comfortable. Puddle. Yep. And then Checkers... Instead of the bear rug in yes, the middle. Yes, <laughs> they're just, perfect. They're just mango. And Checkers has pulled up a seat as close to Warren as possible. Just like, almost touching elbows with him. Just like, hi, I'm Checkers. You, uh, know, you look cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, thank you. I, uh, you understand. Uh, these are, you know, and like then goes into explaining all about the tattoos being stories that he uh-huh. knows and is like starts immediately launching into like, oh, and this one is this, this one is that. Mm-hmm. And oh, I see you've taken a shine to this particular right. one. That's actually this a very interesting tale from blah, blah, blah. And like is starting to already go into tell some things. Um, what is everyone else doing? Val is immediately realizing she can't. She yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> Catherine like was about to take a step up the stairs, but then like he hears Warren in the background starting to go over all these cool stories. He's just like, 
No, I I, I can't leave. <laughs> oh, no. I'm saying Val is the opposite. the opposite. Val oh. has taken her stew and her ale to the table and like sat down and like the second Warren starts launching into a story, she's like, I cannot pay attention to this. Mm. I want to so badly and I cannot. And she will just, um, what was the woman's name again? Uh, Amber Thunderwalker. Uh, she'll kind of like, I'm assuming Amber's at the table and yes. Val will just kind of lean over and be like, I'm so sorry, Amber. I would really like to know more about you and Warren. But we have just finished traveling for an untold number of days. I really <laughs> couldn't tell you right now. Between one and ten. I... <laughs> uh, but I would really love to learn more about you. Can I join you for breakfast tomorrow? The older elf woman kind of looks at you and regards you and kind of just smiles a little bit and is like, ah. Of course. Sorry, are you, you must be uh, city dwellers. Yes, I grew up in Rachma and our guild is based in Agmar. This was our first time traveling, not on the runic roads. I did notice your patches. I would, of course, love to learn more about you, but, and, he, and again, this is all like kind of whispering to the side. I think uh, speaking for myself and speaking as uh, someone who has listened to the Tailspun Monk over there, we forget not all are accustomed to the lifestyles that we lead, and that seems very reasonable. Thank you. I'll talk to you tomorrow. And Val takes her whole, the stew whole thing and ale and walks upstairs <laughs> just goes to up. go to bath and like, go to bed. Mm-hmm. I think, too, given that... <laughs> Cashman <laughs> is like, out. yeah. Cashman's like, I like he he wants to, but I think it's gonna be one of those. I do need like the six hour bath. Yeah, at this point, <laughs> yes. I'm gonna you know say my good night. Hope that they're still staying in town another night, and then maybe do some festivities tomorrow. Of course, we we will be here tomorrow. Well, of course, we'll be here tomorrow. We have, I believe, the both of us have business uh, with the council. I do you as well. Um, Yes, we do have a meeting with them. We have things to discuss. Well, then we shall spend the day together tomorrow, and we shall we shall exchange stories as new friends. And Catherine will, like, shake his hand, and then, like, kind of in the same way Valeska did, kind of drag himself over to <laughs> the bar, yep. get, like, drink and food, and then head upstairs. And Two just, mugs, like, three yeah, bowls. <laughs> right. And it's just, like, going to be unavailable the rest <laughs> of the night. Yep. I think at that, the fortunate, like, sees that both of you have le- has left and then like goes up the stairs in once again a manner very contrary to the fact that it is a walking suit of armor totally silently <laughs> and just also kind of excuses themselves being like i don't i don't want to be here either i'm just gonna go upstairs <laughs> uh Selv, what is it what what is it, what is it that Selv does as checkers so, is already yeah uh, you know kind of the only one just kind of like i feel like checkers to the is getting, like whipped into a friend yeah, 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 yeah. stories <laughs> It's like, all Val talks about is boring history. These are cool stories. <laughs> yeah, they are. And, like, a lot of them are, like, already are, like, you I know. I imagine these are, like, epic, more, like, Odyssey-style stories. Especially especially once once Warren kind of gets, we'll put it, gets the vibe of Checkers. <laughs> he knows an audience. And he knows, is like, he does not want to hear about the founding of the library in this foreign country 600 years ago. Mm-hmm. He would like to hear the giant hunt of the the I don't know like fucking Giga Mammoth whatever it is 
and immediately starts going into like, oh, and then, well, of course, there's this one. Have you heard this one? It is just, yeah, absolutely high adventure, crazy stories that are all true, allegedly. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I, uh, first of all, I I wasn't quite prepared for there being venison up in the giant tree. So that that kind of threw me. um, They're next to the forest. Right, but the, just the fact that we're in an enormous tree, like it didn't, like, right? That, that kind <laughs> of it, it was like, so I, yeah, but we're so far up. I was fully prepared to order like Bark the, soup. well, <laughs> kind of uh, actually leaf stroganoff. Oh, okay. Right. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's still on the menu. Yeah, that's there to be yeah. clear. So uh, I will have that or some kind of of stew or or something. It's the best leaf, leaf stroganoff you've had yeah. since the monastery for right. sure. Actually, I, I think. I'm going to stay down at the table for a little bit just to make sure that Checkers is fully entertained and uh, <laughs> doesn't just decide to create his own yep. entertainment. Yep. Um, yep. For <laughs> this that. is the benefit of going to bed early is you don't have to babysit. Yeah, plausible deniability. <laughs> I, 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 I should have said all this first. Dang it. And then I will uh, kind of wait until there's an opening, and I will ask Warren. Just out of curiosity, have you heard any stories about the last stand of Prince Robard? Some. Why do you ask? I'll tell you what. uh, I will tell you one that I've heard, if you then exchange for one that you have heard. That is a fairer trade. Than I often get. Usually it is all me telling. Mm. Especially now that I am uh, so along in my career. There are very few stories that I haven't heard yet. Uh, this one I heard um, told from the perspective of someone who may have been there. And then I will tell them the story <laughs> of, from my perspective, the last stand of Prince Robard. Do you, Robard. Do you, uh, uh, do you get I, the I fuller do, context? No, I just tell, I tell the story... As uh, you know, he was there. He was asking his his people to stand with him, and and then the the fight that happened after that uh, with the cord collar, and then up until uh, what I assume is his death at mm-hmm. the hands of uh, the member of the Pentarchy. Question to you, Steve: How do you present the story? Like, do you embellish it? Do you like? Is it like a historical recounting of what happened? So, uh, Selv would tell it essentially from the perspective of someone who was there. And so it is, it's as close to as self remembers. Okay. And then we'll see if that tracks with anything that uh, Warren has, has heard. So Warren, pretty quickly into the story, he motions to the dwarf who, again, is just disgustingly untattooed, comparatively <laughs> speaking. And the dwarf just like nods and then whips out some paper and actually starts kind of like jotting some things down in kind of a shorthand. And uh, he listens. He just like listens to your story. He doesn't really even, he, he occasionally will like ask a clarifying question, but for the most part, he just like goes totally still and just makes like kind of very intense, direct eye contact as you're, as you're telling the story. And I'm sorry, I, uh, I did not get the name of your uh, apprentice. And he just, like, keeps looking at you as you're talking, and he doesn't even look back, and he just, like, waves over his shoulders, like, that's Baltar. Don't pay any attention to him. Go on, please. And Baltar, like, looks up and just looks down at the paper. (laughs) Uh, Then I will will continue telling the story until the gruesome death. (laughs) And is this a, a 
relatively recent? Was this early in the days? Was this nearby? I believe the battle happened um, two, maybe three days from here. Travel. I don't know exactly how old the story is, but yes, Pentarchy. That's great news. The reason I am here is I am here to petition the elders to look into their trove of, uh, of hist- historical documents and stories. To spend some time here researching, interviewing, if they'll let me, and, uh, and collecting stories uh, from this, this place that has been closed off for some time. To know, at least to have one story that could be contained therein. That's very exciting. Thank you for sharing that with me. Mm, of course, of course. And he turns around to Bal- Baltar. Did you did you get all that? Baltar uh, just like has been sweating profusely <laughs> and it's just nods. Yes, it's good. I'll check later. <laughs> and he leans back and he says, uh, "Well, for you, what story would you have in return?" Well, at first I was considering something about the prince, if you happen to know about that, but... And Selv will kind of lead in almost uh, conspiratorially. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I am interested to know about dragons. Now, if you have one of Prince Robart and a dragon... <laughs> <laughs> and he just kind of laughs and is like, ah, that, uh, the, unfortunately, that I can't do. But uh, yes, uh, yes, I do know one of dragons. Just give me, give me one moment. Of course. And he like, he actually drags his chair a little bit away and closes his eyes and is totally still and silent for a little bit. Amber, the elven woman, leans over and is, uh, is just says to you, dragon stories are some of my favorites as well. I often wonder if the stories they tell are true of the great deeds of the uh, mighty power, the the evil, the the triumph. Well, maybe one day we'll be able to ask one directly. And she just like nods and then kind of like pauses for a second and is like, ah, that's, I don't. Uh... Okay, weirdo. Yeah. <laughs> I don't believe in dragons. <laughs> Just like, why would you ask that? <laughs> and she, like, she gets back her train of thought, and she says, "Well, uh, somehow I doubt that will be happening. There's been no dragon scene for a very, very long time." I just, uh, so- I just imagine Sal being like for four days. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, maybe one day. No dragon incident since. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Last time since dragon attack. Yeah. And she again kind of looks down at your guys's, at both of your your pins, and is like, "Golden Tree Guilders." I thought the Golden Tree had disbanded. They were recently um, reintroduced uh, in Agmar. I received an invitation. Well, we all received some kind of invitation, but um, mm. I actually don't know the the reason for them being brought back. And she kind of smiles a little bit and says, invite only now. Well, the Golden Tree is an old guild, and I'm uh, I'm glad to see it is back. You, Rung. Hi. Checkers, right? Yes. What, uh, what made you join the guild? 
Well, the short answer is I got tricked. But <laughs> and and she like laughs at that. It's yeah. like okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> See, Casquin and I have a little bit of a uh, rivalry, I suppose you could call it. Casquin, the the is the dwarf. Yes, yes? the square rock man. Yes. <laughs> And she also kind of like is she like itself? You would see this. I don't know. Checkers, you can decide if you pick <laughs> up on it or not. Uh, uh-huh. That's up to your character. But she is finding checkers just d- delightful. <laughs> <laughs> well, finally, someone, yeah. someone appreciates me. Casquin mm-hmm. said he was going to join the Golden Tree, and he thought it would be good for me to join too. And the way that he told me about it was, he said, "Checkers." I bet you can't be an adventurer. I know, it's a really hard life. It's too tough for you. And have you found it to be a very hard life too tough for you, Master Grung? No, it's been a lot of fun. I've been really enjoying it, actually. But don't tell him I said that. (laughs) Your secret is safe with me. And you, uh, Self, uh, why did you join? Well, um... For reasons I don't quite understand, I tend to have a calming effect on people. And uh, when the invitation came, my monastery decided that I would make a good addition uh, to go out and see Rixia, see what's out there, uh, aside from just being at the um, within the walls of the monastery. And so you are from one of the the dragon monasteries. The Bingjuzi Monastery. I didn't know those uh, still were around. Well, yes. Uh, been around for a while, but um, up in the mountains, so uh, generally don't get a lot of visitors. No, I would imagine not. But you, um, you knew, did you know previous members of the Golden Tree Guild? I did. Yes. Not well. At least not uh, not in my old age do I feel like I knew them well. But I have good memories of the Golden Tree and, and many other guilds that I have come into contact with over the years. I am a wanderer. I, I call no place home other than Rixia itself. And I've been doing that for many, many years. And as uh, I'm sure the two of you know, Rixia is often a very dangerous place. And has a great many horrors and uh, beautiful things. Beautiful horrors, if I'm being honest. That has often brought me in contact with Gilders. And uh, for the most part, I take a great, great joy in them. Do you happen to know any of the Golden Tree Gilders named Gabriella or... I forget the other ones. Oh, uh, no. I, uh, I didn't even know that the Golden Tree had... Had been reformed, but I have I have met many other other guilders. And I'm I'm gonna pull a Columbo here. <laughs> mm-hmm. One last thing. <laughs> <laughs> What's the strangest creature you've encountered outside the walls of a city during your travels? Checkers pulls up like a, a sheet of paper with a big mammoth on it and says, "Was that the Giga Mammoth?" <laughs> <laughs> wow, you drew that very quickly. Yeah. She, like, takes a bit, kind of smiling, thinking. And she says, Honestly, I don't see any of the creatures that I've ever encountered as strange. I, uh, 
I have been wandering these wilds for a long time. And when you spend as much time as I do, while there are strange monsters, beasts, uh, things that defy explanations, you see enough of them. And uh, it all sort of makes a strange, beautiful sense. Is there any that stands out to you? Well, the one I enjoyed the least was a... A Bronta horses. <laughs> <laughs> They're... And I don't know if they are even in this part of the of the world. There are strange, uh, malevolent creatures. Uh, I believe they were once mortals who now dwell underground, some say. And she kind of leans in again, kind of like getting into the storytelling. And they form great colonies and prey upon hapless mortals with strange suggestions. They speak into your mind and they lure you in and consume you brain first. If you believe that sort of thing. Checkers is listening, but he's also going to hold up a piece of paper that's, that shows what he's drawn from her, from her <laughs> Already? description. Yeah. And it's this like colony of big ant people mm-hmm. that have just radio waves coming out of their antenna. <laughs> <laughs> Are these it? Uh, no. Well, no. But uh, weirdly enough, I have seen those too. Um, Neat. <laughs> those, I would say, are the my least favorite, if I were to pick. Oh, hopefully we can avoid those. I would suggest it. Though, you are guilders, and so I have often found that guilders are more than prepared to do much more than they or especially their foes think possible. And now, a word from our sponsor. Hey everyone, Jonathan here with the mid-roll. If you're looking for the hottest frog memes around, join the Reckless Attack community on Discord. You can find a link to it in the show notes of our latest episodes or on our website, recklessattack.com. Want to support the show? Tell a friend or check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash recklessattack, where you can get access to our behind-the-screen talkback show as well as our new Reckless to Snacks series, where we eat snacks, hang out, and just talk about whatever's on our mind. Thanks so much for listening to us, and we hope you enjoy the rest of the episode. And then Warren kind of snaps up, and he says, Ah, I have the story for you. Years ago, in a faraway land. And he goes into a story of a red dragon, a fiery dragon, who had been terrorizing a village for years and had ruled over their territory for a long time. And many had rode out to try and slay it, to stop it, to drive it away. Magicians, warriors, kings, even. And none had succeeded. 
Just as the world was giving up hope, ready to live under its despotic rule or leave, a woman went up and treated with this dragon. The dragon said, what do you bring me? What do you try to kill me with? And instead, she simply talked to the dragon, told them about the hurt that had been caused and about the fear. Days later, the woman returned and the red dragon was never seen again. But for many years later, a beautiful silver dragon was often spied flying over the village. No one knows exactly what happened. He said again, kind of like dramatically and conspiratorially. But that valley, that area was prosperous from then on. Baltar, like, begins applauding in the background. <laughs> Checkers joins. <laughs> and he takes a big deep bow and Amber gives a, a nice little little clap as well. Now, are there any other any other stories you would like to trade? Unfortunately, I believe I'm going to join my companions in a brief bath and then bedtime. But in the morning. Self, uh, everyone just kind of like, oh, of course, of course. Uh, good evening and thank you so much for your for sharing the story. And, uh, and Amber just kind of, uh, again, kind of nods at you and kind of watches you as you go up the stairs. And all of our money pouches are missing. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and Warren turns back and is like, uh, well, I believe we're the only ones, uh, the only three, I mean... Four, he says, like thinking of Baltar. <laughs> the only, the only uh, left. Uh, are you, uh, are you also taking your evening sojourn, Sir Frog? So Checkers, this whole time in the back of his mind, has been thinking about the tattoos that Warren has. Yes, and he's learned a little bit from him about how the people of the Tailspun Order get them. Each tattoo represents a story that they have carved into their minds that they hold true to themselves and that is just part of them forever mm -hmm. and checkers has been thinking about a story like that because he's thinking wow if i tell a story in the presence of this monk maybe i'll get a cool tattoo <laughs> <laughs> i mean gotta try it right yeah process exactly. of elimination exactly and and now as he watches Selv go up the stairs to his room and with warren's eyes on him he kind of goes back to an earlier time a time when he was told stories that were absolutely true, that were stories that were not meant to be forgotten. Mm -hmm. And he kind of sinks into this almost trance-like state and begins reciting a story from a memory. Remember these words well, offspring of the Ingatan. This land with bubbling muck and roiling seas, with infinite spires that gouge the sky. Its bitterness is constant, a jealousy that fills it to the brim. Each monsoon, a wild heartbeat. Each river, a turquoise vein that carries its resentful cries to the horizon. It is but a child, yearning for its mother. Do not despise it. Instead, offer it your memories 
in humility and courage. Pray for the sun to always shine upon it, so that it may find its way. For deep beneath the land, where colors and textures were lost, where endless rage thrashes against its prison, laps the quiet tide of love. And that's where we'll end the episode, folks. See you all next time. When you forgot that there was another person here, I was like, yeah, duh, Mango. Mango. I I literally in my head was like, I'm going, I know technically this could be Mango, but it's not. (laughs)